We can become time wizards or time witches, depending on which one you like. And here's the thing. Every human I know as an adult says the same thing. As we get older, time speeds up. You've probably experienced this phenomenon, right? As we get older, it just sort of seems like it's gone in a second. I, I just said when I was talking about midlife transition, I was 19 five minutes ago and here I am <laughs> right. 50. How did this happen? So if you think back in time to when you were a tiny child, everything took forever. Like if you were driving the 15 minutes it took to get to your grandparents' house, it seemed like it took an hour. Told you before. I will tell you again, um, to everyone listening, I meet the coolest women in the world on the internet. And I met doggy, Dr. Peggy Malone when I was on her show. She has a fantastic podcast and she was so kind as to say she'd like to come join us. So today I would like you to meet Peggy and everything she has to share. So Dr. Peggy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. Uh, my name is Peggy Malone. I am a chiropractor. I have been since 2002. And uh, in the last few years, I have evolved into a podcast host. I have a podcast called The Midlife Improvement Project. And along with the podcast, I am a life coach for women who are going through a midlife transition. I just turned 50. And so it's really relevant to me. And I find that all the things that I'm going through, I want to talk about. So I get all sorts of people on the podcast to talk about the midlife time and all of the things that we can do as we're heading into the second half. Okay. I have questions. <laughs> this, <laughs> this idea of midlife, I don't think I ever got it at first, right? It, it was just something that it didn't catch in my head. And then one day I woke up and I went, oh, wait, maybe, maybe that's happened to me. <laughs> so tell me this, what is it about midlife that makes us feel like we need to transition? I, I hear this a lot, like transition. So what is it? And what is midlife transition? Tell me about it, what it means for you. Well, I think probably when people hear midlife, they often associate it with midlife crisis because we've we've seen that play out in the media and in pop culture. And we sort of picture it as like a dude in his 40s who gets a sports car and like a, <laughs> a young new girlfriend and like, you know, goes to the gym and does all these things. And we don't really ever think about it for women but midlife for women is a time when often we've been taking care of someone else for the last couple of decades. And we've been busy, busy running, doing all of the things. We haven't really been present for our own selves because we're just trying to put out the next fire that's in front of us. It's also a time of life when we're going through the interesting changes associated with perimenopause and menopause. It's also a time for a lot of women where we're in the sandwich generation, where we're dealing often with aging elderly parents, as well as potentially still having kids at home. Um, so there's a lot going on for women in particular at this time of life. And so the transition comes from this time when I call it an awakening rather than a crisis, where women kind of wake up and they go, for the first time in a long time and look around and they're like, wait, how did I get here? I was 19 five minutes ago. Now my kids don't need me as much. Maybe now my elderly parents don't need me as much. And what do I need for myself? So it's a transition of just go, go, go to, oh, like I actually get to decide what I want to be when I grow up, finally, once I'm in my 50s. And I think that that's why it's called a transition, because we're thinking about potentially also the other thing that happens too is we realize that we're not going to live forever. We've when we get to our 50s, we sort of usually, uh, unless you're very lucky, somebody that you love, you've watched them get sick and pass away. And we sort of get into that space where we realize that life is 50-50. It's 50% amazing and 50% 
crap and the crap shows up and none of us are immune to it. So when you start to realize that you're not immortal, then you're like, wait a minute, like, what's my legacy? What do I want to do with the rest of my life? What, how do I want to dig in and take advantage of what time I have left and really, you know, find something that's important to me? So I think that's, I'm not sure, I, I've been all over the map in answering your question, but that's what midlife transition is to me. It's like all of these things all coming together at once and then us waking up to realize we get to decide what we want to do next. See, okay, I love this. And and my brain's all over the scope too right now. My first thought is, does that mean I get to get like a, a 28-year-old um raft guide and I'm gonna buy a, a new, I'm gonna buy a van and run off in the world? You know what's cool about that question that. is that if that's what you want to do and if you <laughs> like your reasons, you get to decide. So if that's what you're into, I support you hundred <laughs> percent. I, I think that my family might um object. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a whole other question then. <laughs> uh, and, but the other side of that is I went, oh, that's so interesting. Like, like the whole idea and I get it, like I get it. And I also personally, I think I have a little bit of a, um, of a pretend like it's not going on. So like that happens. So there's there, that brings up the question, like what happens if we don't transition? And if this is a question you're like, oh my gosh, Kelly, I am not answering that question, but what happens? Like, is it that time and space where all of a sudden we just shrink? Is it is a transition like an expansion? And if we don't start living for ourselves, we start pulling in? Is that what happens? Well, I think that that's an interesting way to think about it. I think that there's a lot of people because we've been conditioned, especially as women, to provide for everyone else. That when we get to this stage, when we're done sort of like the in, the intensity of providing for someone else, we can then lean into how can I provide for myself, which will allow for expansion. But if we don't, then maybe you're right. Maybe we just do shrink and fade into the background, which I'm not interested in. <laughs> no, man, I'm not interested. And I know that anyone listening today isn't interested either. Like, yeah, yeah I love this idea. I mean, it's all about like, boom. Let's play bigger. So yeah. thinking about that, you told me something that when we were talking before that I really like, and I wanted to talk to you about like what lights you up and gets you going. But in fact, what I found when you said it, it actually slows your life down for you. So tell me about this whole idea of, I'm going to let you lead now. Oh, so the way I like to think about this is that we can become time wizards or time witches, depending on which one you like. And here's the thing. Every human I know as an adult says the same thing. As we get older, time speeds up. You've probably experienced this phenomenon, right? As we get older, it just sort of seems like it's gone in a second. I, I just said when I was talking about midlife transition, I was 19 five minutes ago and here I am <laughs> right. 50. How did this happen? So if you think back in time to when you were a tiny child, everything took forever. Like if you were driving the 15 minutes it took to get to your grandparents' house, it seemed like it took an hour. Like summer holidays lasted forever. When you would go on vacation, it was a long time. Like when you think about, you know, the difference between your elementary school years and your high school years, all of that was so long. And the reason for this, and there's a study that was called the oddball effect, which I'll, I'll explain, but when we're little and we're learning things and every single thing is new, when you're a kid, every day is novel. Every time you're learning something, your brain is a sponge taking in all sorts of new things. And so as your brain is taking in new things, your brain takes a lot more time to process what's happening. And so your perception of time passing slows down. 
And then as you get older, you get into a routine and often it's stressful and often it's mundane and often it's the same. You go to work, you pay the bills, you like have the weekend, you go back to work, you continue to pay the bills, you like deal with all the things that are adult and it's the same every day, week in and week out. And monotony collapses time. It's novelty that unfolds it. So oh, the wait, 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 hang on one second. Say that again, because I really want that to stand out. So monotony, same day in and day out, monotony collapses time. Monotony is the thing that just makes time go by in a blink without you even noticing. Novelty unfolds time. So we can take advantage of this by adding fun, adventure, play, doing something new. So I'll just give you like the quick uh, Cole's notes of the oddball effect. So this was a study they did back in 2004. And what they did is they took a bunch of participants and they showed them on a screen, a picture of a shoe over and over and over again. And then they showed them a picture of a flower just once. Most of the participants in the study believed or they had the perception that the flower was on the screen for way longer, even though it was actually on the screen for the same amount of time as the picture of the shoe. And the reason is, it was because the brain saw it as something novel and new, and it took more time to perceive it. Because ultimately, the reason why we take more time to perceive new things is because our brain is threat-based. It was looking for threats to make sure we were safe. So we can like use this to our advantage. And we've experienced this even as adults, even when we have this situation where life is speeding up, you'll have times in your life where you go on amazing vacation and it seemed to last for five weeks, even though you were only gone for a week, because everything around you was new. You were seeing new cultures, new food, new stuff, and, and it just opens up time. And the other way that this sometimes happens is when people go through something traumatic, like if a car accident or something else traumatic happens, they'll have the perception of remembering it very slowed down. And the reason for that is their brain was doing everything possible to perceive everything around you to try and uh, find all the information it could find in order to keep you alive in a situation that's threatening. So that's the extreme of it. We don't necessarily want to go to a place where we're feeling like we're traumatized, but we can tap into this to decrease the, or sorry, to increase our perception of time, meaning time will slow down if we add new stuff. So I like to do this with adventure. I like to snowboard. I do gymnastics. Um, I go on various adventures. And it doesn't have to be adventure in that way, although that <laughs> I know that's what you like, and I know that that's what your listeners like, and that's what I like. What it could also be is just adding something new, like driving home from work a different way than you normally do, or brushing your teeth with your left hand. Or, and here's a good one, especially for women and men as we get older, we always do, when you're putting your shoes on when, before you leave the house, Almost 100% of the time, I'll watch people, they put the same shoe on first every time. So just waking up and like getting present to which shoe am I putting on first? I don't even know because it's monotonous. I'm not even considering it. I put the other shoe on first. Something happens where now I'm tapping into that ability to slow down my perception of time. So whatever it is, we just want to add new stuff to our world so that our time that we have left is so precious, especially as we come through midlife, we can start to slow it down and really get access to more life. And also the other thing that this does, which I think is amazing, is when you slow down time, part of what happens is, is you, it brings you right into the present. So instead of like constantly like playing out past events or constantly anticipating future events, we're right where we need to be, which is right here. And this is where the magic happens. This is where the growth happens. 
And this is the only thing that really exists is when we were in it right here in the present. Okay. So all of that I found absolutely fascinating. I was literally on the, on the front of my chair <laughs> and I have this thought, and I, I don't know if you've ever done this, you tell me, have you ever had a day when you said, okay, I'm going to do everything different? Like, what kind of day would that be? That would be really interesting. You know? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to brush my teeth differently. I'm going to put my shoes on differently. I'm going to get out of the different side of the bed. Like, it doesn't matter. But that would make for a very, <laughs> I don't know, probably kind of batty kind of day, but interesting. Well, and also I will add this because this is where we can bring in habit formation and also why we do things. So our brains really have two jobs. The very first one is to keep us alive. And the second one is to be as efficient as possible. So we get efficient by creating habits, meaning we get out of bed the same way the first time, all the time. We put the shoe on the same way all the time. We take the drive home from work the same way every time. So our brain's being efficient. So it's using up less energy. But by being efficient, now we're in a place where things get monotonous and we start dissociating and we're not present. So we have to kind of find the balance between I can add some new things without wearing my brain out. So right. it can still be efficient, but I'm also reminding it, hey, here's something new for you to check out so we can slow down our perception of time. Yeah, because when you when you do the same thing all the time, it narrows life. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I'm not a snowboarder. Snowboarding <laughs> is one of those things that that I look at and I'm like, oh, that looks cold. <laughs> so tell us how you got into that, because I, this is, I'm going to take us off to left field here, but this is something that you love and it's something that helps you slow down time, doesn't it? So yes, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you about snowboarding and then I'm going to ask you to come back and say, okay, if somebody's not into adventures as much as you and I are, what are some of the other ways they can apply this? So tell okay. us about your love. Okay. So um, my husband and I have been together for about 15 years. And when I first met him, um, he was into snowboarding and I had never tried it before. Years ago, when I was a teenager, I was I did downhill skiing a bunch. So I had been on a mountain, but I hadn't done it in a couple of decades. So in my middle to late 30s, I, put, I picked up this new skill of snowboarding. And at first I fell and fell and fell and it was terrible. But once I caught on to it, I, what it did for me is it allowed for me to realize that even as a person who was getting older, and even now at age 50, every year I get better at it, which makes me love it even more. And the other thing it did is it changed my view of winter. I live in um, London, Ontario, Canada. So it's cold and dark in the winter and we have snow. And I used to hate the winter. I'd get seasonal affective disorder. I would just feel sad. I would just be, couldn't even wait for it to be spring. And now every time we go on vacation, we go to the snow and it makes me <laughs> love winter. And in fact, this past uh, July, when I turned 50, I had had this dream for a decade that I thought it would be the coolest thing to be snowboarding on my 50th birthday. Well, my birthday is in July and there's only a couple of places in the world you can snowboard in July. So we saved and planned for almost a decade. And this past July, my husband and I went to Australia and New Zealand and we did a bunch of days of snowboarding and I was actually snowboarding on my 50th birthday on July the 9th. Oh my goodness. And it was so fun. And I was, I felt so excited that I had like set the vision and then got to the vision and did it. So snowboarding is amazing. The other thing that I find fascinating about snowboarding, and I've really started to lean into this and practice it. And I think this would be really relevant to any of your listeners who love adventure. There's something magic about that oddball effect that I was talking about where we slow down time 
because when you add adrenaline to a situation, it slows it down even more. So for example, remember I said when somebody's in a car accident and they're, it's traumatic, that slows down time. So when you do something like snowboarding and I'm on the, the verge of like control and out of control on my snowboard, that's where I can add adrenaline to a situation and then time really slows down. And then I have to get so super present in order to make sure that I'm safe. So it's the thing I love the most about snowboarding is that when I add this adrenaline, it brings me into the present so intensely and it allows for me to be where I am, which I think, especially in 2023, when we're so distracted is in itself a novelty. Isn't it like, okay. So first I have to say for all of the, you who are like, oh my gosh, I'm listening to a couple of adrenaline junkies. What are they talking about? We're going to come back <laughs> to you. I promise. But I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it does. Like, you you bring your focus and when you bring yes. your focus in it slows down time and everything else is inconsequential so it's so um it's so exciting so all right now for everybody who's not that interested in this tell us i'm sorry for, the, for those crazy people listening who aren't that interested in like leaning <laughs> into their adrenaline um tell us what ideas do you have that they can use to, to possibly slow down time for them in their own world. You've, you've said, you know, do things differently. You are a habit specialist. So maybe is there a way that you can suggest a shift habits or change perceptions to, to be able to take advantage of this? So as I mentioned already, even just in a simple way, like whatever your daily habits are, just taking a look at what do you do day to day and then just changing it up slightly, that's gonna add novelty. The way that somebody who's not like a quote adrenaline junkie can use this to their advantage is let's pretend that there's something that just makes you feel a little nervous, like talking to a human um, out in, in the wild or like doing um, a public speaking or um, what else could it be? Like anything that just going, makes you a yeah. little nervous. Maybe if yeah. it, maybe it's even having a tough conversation with somebody in your life that you normally wouldn't. It would bring some adrenaline to the situation. So it's just allowing for yourself to bring yourself into the present by challenging yourself in a way that you would have backed off of before. So, okay. so I don't think it necessarily has to be snowboarding or hiking or rafting, but it could be just, you know, I'm going to have a tough conversation or I'm going to um, do a public speaking thing or I'm going to like go and have a conversation at a, um, at a, a business after five or like a, one of those kind of um, events where you go to meet other business owners, like, like those kind right. of things. Yeah, you know, and actually, now that you say that, it brings to mind that one of my clients told me that and she's she's fairly new. She said that there was this hike and it wasn't a fancy hike but it was a hike near the trail that she always went on. She would do this walk around this trail, the cement loop, but there's this hike off to the side that, you know, is different. And she never took it. And after we started working together, she, that was her first big step. And she didn't even tell me she was going to do it. She just told me the next time we talked, she's like, guess what I did? I'm like, what? She's like, I did this hike that I've never, ever done. And I've always wanted to do. And it was maybe a half a mile, maybe a mile loop, not a, not a huge thing but it was different and it shifts, right? Like once you push yourself outside your comfort zone, you never come back to who you were before. Yes. So it's the same thing with what you're talking about. I love this. And well, and oh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say like exactly what you said there. Once you push yourself outside of your comfort zone, like this is what being present allows you to do. It allows you to grow. So when you're, when you gain confidence by doing something you've never done before, now you're a totally different version of yourself and you have done that through, wait, I can do this. And then showing yourself you can do it. And then being proud of yourself that you did it. Like that's, I just love witnessing that in women. And I think we've talked, we talked about this on my podcast. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a huge deal, right? I mean, it's a huge deal. So, and you talked about um, just then, I think the word you used, um, up-leveling. I'm not sure that was quite the word, but that would be the word I'm using like to- I love to, that word. So let's talk 2. about that 2.0, right? Yeah. So we're going to come back to 2.0 because you have something special for everybody um, all around that. But just a second, I have to just dive over here into the consistency side for a second, because you said something recently that I found very fascinating. And you say, everything you want is on the other side of consistency. And do tell. <laughs> well, I think probably that resonates so intensely with me because one of my personal challenges is being consistent. I am good at, I'm a good starter. Like I'll start and then I will get going. And I think this is resonant for a lot of people. I get, I get started and then I don't quite stick with it, but I have found that the things that I do stick with in my life pay me back by allowing for me to grow. So, and I think probably the thing about consistency that I've learned is that I used to be a good starter. And then when I didn't get to where I wanted to be, or if it fell off, I would just give up on it completely until next week or next month or in oftentimes next year. And now as I've gotten older, I can give myself the grace to come back to it without having to, for it to be perfect. I can come back to it with, oh, wait, like I wasn't consistent. I missed a day, but I'm not going to miss another one. Yeah. I love that. It's that it's restarting and being okay with restarting. Yeah. The restart yeah. is huge, isn't it? It is huge. And and you said it too. I mean, when you have to be perfect, it just doesn't work. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> right? I Never perfect. So, all right. I'm going to ask something else because, and you may not have an answer to this, but I'm just going to ask it because it's that thing that when I'm reading something, I always have the devil and the angel. Like the angel in my on my shoulder said, yep. I totally get that thing about consistency. You nailed it. And the other side of me is thinking, well, okay, so how long does it take to see results? Where do you, and I guess the question becomes, where do you draw the line? And if, you, if you're like, Kelly, you are so out of left field here, I'm not even answering this question. But the question is, is that when you are really consistent at something, but you're not seeing results, is there a time you stop? Oh, interesting. Okay. So I have two thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. The first one is that sometimes the consistency is the result I'm looking for. And that's enough. Oh, <laughs> so there's that. And then my second thought is, I think, especially as I get older, I have to check in occasionally to see what is it that I actually want here? And do I like my reasons? And if I'm doing something just to be consistent, but I'm not getting anything else out of it, it's okay for me to stop. And that's fine because I like my reasons. I think it's about the intention associated with it more than just that I'm stopping because I'm not getting anything out of this. Ooh, I love that. That's brilliant. And it's funny, this this reminds me of um, our conversation on your podcast because we were both like, yeah, okay, I've got two things now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, a couple of other questions. 
I know you have this very special gift for our listeners. And before we jump into there, let me just ask you a question, because this is something that to me is so heart-centered. You talk about gratitude. Now, you are you do a lot of work with women around um, up-leveling your life, habit formation, just making life better, right? Making that transition work. So where does gratitude play in there? I, I have said to clients recently that gratitude is the antidote for negativity. Gratitude is the antidote for the things that kind of pull us back or, or, or uh, keep us from growing. And I call gratitude a superhero power because when you actually get inside your body and you think of something and feel the gratitude and you can actually embody the feeling of gratitude, then you cannot have that at the same time as annoyance or anger or dissatisfaction or negativity. So gratitude really is the antidote for those things. So anytime we're in a space where we find ourselves complaining or we're negative, and I always tread this carefully because there is this thing called toxic positivity. And I, that's what I'm not what I'm talking about. I'm not just saying this is fine for no right. reason when it's not fine. I'm saying that if you're in a space where you're like, oh, everything is crappy today and I'm being negative, you can just check yourself and be onto yourself and be like, wait, I can get inside gratitude for a second here. And then it just helps to, pull, again, pull you back into the present. What's What am I grateful for here in this moment? And then you can decide on purpose where you want to go forward from there instead of just being in a state that is negative or annoyed or angry or whatever it is that's not allowing you to grow. Mm. So you might have to be the person who um, takes, takes what I just say and makes it into something that people can understand. And I, I could like to add to that. For years, I have tried to keep a gratitude journal. Yeah. Okay. So the gratitude journal at the end of the day, I'd be like, oh, I'm grateful for my dogs. I'm grateful for a clean house. Like, you know, I'd be like, just, it wouldn't ever sit. It didn't sit for me. And one day I thought, well, what if instead of looking at all the things that I'm grateful for, what if I just was grateful? Right. What, what would it feel like if I just sat here for two minutes and did nothing more but feel gratitude? And it was this major switch. Like all of a sudden I wasn't looking outside. I was looking like I was just embodying it. Yeah. And is that what you're talking about? In some ways. Yeah. So I, by the way, I think that that's exactly because it brings you into the present in your body, getting the feeling of what gratitude feels like. For me, what I found with writing a gratitude journal is generally speaking, when I keep a gratitude journal, I think it, it for me, it allows me to, to get to the step of being more embodied. And um, so I think probably maybe it's different for from person to person. Um, it just reminds me to have the feeling in my body when I write down at the end of the day, ah, here are the things okay. I'm grateful for. The other thing, and, and this is sort of related, sort of not, occasionally in my life, and this is just a strategy that we can pass on to your listeners, that... And everybody's had one of those days where you're like annoyed and you're like swearing at people who are driving in traffic (laughs) and you're like, you know, something is negative and you're going off. So my husband and I will notice when, when, when we're doing that and we'll call each other on it and we'll say, Hey, we'll say, Hey, tell me three things you're grateful for. And it doesn't necessarily matter what the things are. It's just to like, Oh, like, like pattern interrupt. Let me come back to myself and realize that yes, all of these things are happening because life is going to be partly filled with annoyances and things that happen. But 
what's more important and where can I like be in that embodiment feeling of, of gratefulness of gratitude. So that one is just like a quick pattern interrupt. That's very effective, especially when you notice someone in your life or yourself, if you're onto yourself, you can be like, Hey, stop right now. What am I grateful for? Oh, okay. Right there. Mic drop. We could, we could stop because there's so much in there and you're right. I mean, it is the big pattern interrupt. And just to come back, it's always, it's always about coming back to ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. And basically yes. our awareness. Yes. Then so, okay. Before we get to the, to the one exercise that you wanted to share with the listeners, I'd just like to say that everything that you do will be in our show notes. So, well, probably not everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little intrusive. <laughs> Everything you shared with us will be in your sh our show notes. But tell the clients and the listeners and everybody here what you'd like to, how you like them to find you. Well, the the way that you can watch me doing back handsprings and snowboarding, if you want to care, like just see what I'm up to day to day, is by following my stories on Instagram. My handle is at Dr. Peggy Malone. Um, but what I do have for your listeners is if they want to follow along in my world and jump in by doing something that's a little five-day mini course, it's called Wake Up to Life 2.0, they can go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash wake up, and then I'll send you an email every day for five days with some exercises that will allow you to intentionally decide what do you want to do as you wake up to what you're going to do in the second half of this life. I love that. And we will, of course, have that link in the show notes too. So everybody stay tuned because when we come back, Dr. Peggy is going to give us an exercise that you can take away from today that will actually shift everything that's going on and bring you into like some of her very, very cool energy. How would it feel to ditch the fat-causing, sleep-robbing, guilt-ridden, painful joints, inflammatory sugar habit for a month or even just one week. I can tell you one thing, it's hard to do if you're not prepared. And if you don't have the support, oh, good luck, right? But when you have support, accountability, know-how, knowledge of what to do, magic happens every single time. Sugar freedom is about resetting your relationship with sugar and alcohol. You'll lose belly fat, you'll sleep better, brain fog disappears, and you'll end up with this amazing community of friends to cheer you on. Plus, you'll get the accountability you need to keep you on track those days you aren't motivated, but you don't wanna give up. Here's what Lisa said. I have lost five inches overall and feel amazing. And Jen said, for the first time since COVID, when I got really addicted to sugar during COVID, I'm sleeping through the night and waking up feeling clear and excited for the day. Sugar freedom changes lives. At the end of 30 days, you're going to find yourself in control, and then you can decide how you want to move forward instead of falling victim to the cravings and triggers that sugar, well, sugar creates. So prior to when we start, you'll get everything you need to be ready to go sugar and alcohol free for a month. If you're ready to lose the belly fat and feel amazing, go to fitisfreedom.com forward slash sugar. Once again, that's fitisfreedom.com dot com forward slash sugar and get on the list. We will send you the details and I promise this is a life changer. All right. So Peggy, what is one exercise that you would like our listeners to know, do, embody 
that they can do very quickly and step away from our chat as something that's going to change your lives. Okay. So this is an exercise I do with my clients on the regular, and it is going to help you to tap into the wisdom of your future self. So right now, as you're listening, unless you're driving, wait until you're not driving. If you're, if you're driving, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. You can probably still do the exercise. <laughs> um, what you want to do is close your eyes, take a couple of big breaths in and out and just sort of like be where you are. And then I want you to think about something that you're thinking about wanting to call into your life, a goal that you have, something that you want to accomplish, something that you want to get to. And then I want you to get into a time machine and think about a version of you that is six months into the future. And in that future version of you, that that person, she already has what you want now. She has that thing that you're thinking about now that you're longing for, that you have as your goal. And I want you to just imagine, feel what it feels like as that version of you six months into the future. What does it feel like when you got to the goal? You've done the thing, you've reached the finish line, you've got the thing that you have been dreaming about. What does it feel like? So once you get the feeling of like, yeah, I did that thing, I'm proud of myself. Now what I want you to do is ask that version of you, that future version of you that has the thing that you want now, ask her, what should I do now? And then she's you, so you can trust her. And she's going to send back a message from the future. And it's going to be something that just bubbles up into your subconscious or into your conscious awareness. And whatever it is, you can go and then do that thing. Now, I also want to just like pass on that this is very powerful something for something that's a six month into the future goal. But this is very powerful. Also, if you know that you have to do a workout today, for example, and it's 35 minutes from now, a future version of you has already finished the workout, but current you, present you is like, I don't want to do that thing. What future me says is, hey, get going. You're going to feel better when it's done. Get after it. And then I take that advice from my future self by tapping into her wisdom and then I get going on my workout. So there's so many ways to tap into your future self, into that wisdom that is you, that you can trust and get you to your goals. That is brilliant. And I'm so lucky I got to do it too while everyone else was. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate it. And if there's anything else you want to share, jump in and then we'll wrap. The only thing I want to share is uh, you get to decide what you want to do with this life. And up until now, a lot of the women that I know have been paying attention to what everybody else needs. It's time for you to ask yourself, what do you need? What do you want? And then you get to do it. You get to decide. So go and do it. Go have fun. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thank you again so much for listening today. I truly appreciate the opportunity to connect. If you're ready to incorporate fitness consistency into your life, I'd love to help. I have a special gift for you. If it's a struggle to stay consistent with your fitness and you're ready for all the energy, vitality, and feeling great you can have, go to my website, fitisfreedom.com. And on the homepage, you can get a free copy of my Consistency is Key Masterclass, plus a fitness plan you can follow along with, guaranteed to get you started on your path to being fit and free forever.